0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Paying off. Anita Marks with you. Uh, Dan Gross and I are playing musical chairs this morning, and I'm very grateful to him. Uh, as you know, Dan Grossa has this time slot. I'm noon to three, uh, but uh, I want to go to the Belmont. <laughs> so uh, so Dan Grossa was kind enough uh, to switch time slots with me. He's going to be coming to you live later on this afternoon from, from Florham Park uh home of the jets at their uh their atlantic health facility and he'll be broadcasting noon to 3. So Dan Grosso will come your way a little bit later on this afternoon live uh from the jets facility. He'll have some jets players on the show with him. So that's great. Excited for for Dan, little little jealous there but also extremely grateful. Uh, that he is so kind to uh, to switch his uh, his time with me so I could head out to the Belmont. Not sure who else is going to be at the Belmont. I will be out there. Not sure what. I- Here's the big thing. I don't know what I'm wearing yet. Um, and by the way, we've got Harvey and Joe who are producing the show, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. I've got I've got quite a few things. I've got quite a few things laid out on my bed right now to decide what I'm going to wear. I might wear this like cute little like yellow pastel dress. I might wear like a linen pantsuit. Can't be sure yet. Any any suggestions between...
2: Go with the yellow.
1: You like the yellow? You
2: gotta stand out.
1: Okay. I don't know if yellow is a standing out color. It's a but...
2: stand out color. Yellow is as bright as it gets when it comes to colors. Don't you really? think? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You see anybody yellow... I mean, anybody yellow. Anybody wearing yellow, you're looking at them for like two seconds because they stand out. Just really? that alone. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Joe, do you agree with this?
2: What's going on the Screen and Nicole? Oh my goodness! This this is how we're starting. You didn't pay attention. We're having a great combo in these screening calls.
3: What are you doing? I'm doing my job. What what are we talking about
1: here? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't see any callers on our screen or call. But nonetheless, uh, so again, just a really, really grateful for Dan Graza. Uh, with you for the next three hours, um, I'll try to do as great of a job as Dan does here on 98.7 ESPN. I think we've got a great show lined up for you. Greg Wyshynski is going to join us at the top of the next hour to get you ready for that Panthers-Vegas uh, Golden Knights um, game four. Uh, now the uh, in, in, in overtime, uh, Kachuk. Made it a game. A little over two minutes left in the uh, in the overtime period. Scores a goal, and uh, and now we've we've got somewhat of a series. Can the Florida Panthers uh, win another one on home ice? Very interesting. These two clubs, uh, the last now the the last heading into last the last game now add this past game on. So you're talking about the last eleven times these two clubs have faced each other. Home ice has won ten to one. That's some pretty significant odds, just FYI. So uh, can the Florida Panthers do it again tonight? I think so. I've got the I got the Panthers winning the series, uh, but Greg washinsky knows better than I, that's for sure. He's going to be joining us at 10 a.m. Also a good friend of the show and just a really all-around cool dude. Nick Friedel is going to be joining us as well. Top of the 11 o'clock hour to recap what happened last night. Denver beating the Miami Heat 108-95. to 95. So, uh, which by the way, guys, I was in the city last night. I have a friend who's in town. A bunch of us are going to the Belmont, like I said. So we went out, we had like a, a pre Belmont dinner last night, uh, went to ABC Cochina, by the way, fantastic, great food, uh, big shout out. And then we went to a sports bar in the city. Um, I'm trying I don't even, I don't remember what it was and I guess, cause I didn't get the Uber, but nonetheless, um, it was interesting to me. The entire crowd was rooting for the Miami heat. I was like, what? I was like, I was, I literally, I was the, I was that person, right? I was, that do you know what I'm talking about? That one person in the bar that's annoying everyone because every time the Denver Nuggets did something great, I'm clapping and screaming and, and celebrating. And then everybody is looking over to me going, what is she doing here? Like, you, you guys have been in that situation, right? You're at a bar, probably 95, I'd say 95% of the bar was all rooting for the Miami Heat last night. Again, which was very surprising to me. Does that surprise you at all?
3: Little bit surprising, but did you know that you were walking into a Heat bar? Because that no. could have been a Miami no. Heat bar. No, that it was not happen. a Miami
1: Heat, it was not a Miami Heat bar. It's not a Miami Heat bar. Is there even such a thing?
3: I'm sure there is somewhere. There, there, there's cowboy Here in New York City, bars. a Miami... There's cowboy well, bars okay, in New City. Okay, that's time out,
1: time out, time out. You can't compare the NFL to the NBA when you're talking about or college. You can't you can't compare NFL and college football bars in New York City to NBA bars. I don't I, I don't even I don't even think that's a thing. I don't even think that exists. You know, you've got Professor Tom's, which is a Michigan go blue. It's a Michigan bar, right? You've got Blondie's which um, I want to say Blondie's is a Steelers bar, right? I, I mean, you've got uh, – I'm trying to think what the Philadelphia Eagles bar is. Wogies, you got Wogies, which is the Eagles bar in the city. I, I've, I've never heard of a, oh, let's go here. It's a Miami Heat bar.
3: I'm just saying. I mean, there could, no. there could be Mm-mm. a thing. And the, the main reason why I'm not surprised is because it's Denver. If it was the Lakers, if it was even Phoenix, I would think you would get more of a 50-50 split. But with it being Miami, I think a lot of Nick fans want to see the Heat win because, you know, it lessens the pain if you lose the champion.
1: Okay. 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 I, I could understand that reasoning. Uh, here, here's one for you. I just, I feel, and, and this is interesting because I had a conversation, um, with my dear friend, Paul DeTino uh, this morning. Um, and we were talking about the series and, you know, Paul, Paul made an interesting point where like big men like Jokic don't exist anymore in the NBA. Right. And there was a time, if you go back way back, Uh, that the only way that you win a championship in the NBA is if you had a big man. Uh, Obviously, in the last decade um, or less, uh, that narrative has changed. It's all about three-point shooting. What's so great about the Denver Nuggets is they have both, right? Um, They shot 50% from three last night, yes. 49% from the field, 50% from downtown. The Miami Heat, yet again, 32%. But that's what they shot in the regular season, the, uh, the Denver Nuggets in the regular season are around 46%, 47 45% from downtown. So these numbers, uh, especially the Miami Heat, the last two games, uh, more of a realistic uh, situation for them in regard to their three-point shooting during the regular season now that we've seen the last two games, which I think is a big reason why they've lost. But nonetheless, um, a few things. Number one, and, and, and a lot of people feel that you know Denver and Jokic is, is boring. There's nothing sexy about Jokic. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about his dad bod. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm saying sexy in regard to the style of basketball that the Denver Nuggets play. And here's another thing. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that we are here on the East Coast. A lot of people aren't staying up until midnight, 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning watching Denver Nuggets games. But let me tell you something. and not the, and, and I'm not sitting here telling you that I do either. But this is my job. I tell people how to gamble for a living. I have to watch a lot of different games, a lot of various games, especially those that uh, might be on late. This is how the Denver Nuggets have played all season long. Jokic has averaged a triple-double every game all season long. This is nothing new. This is not like, oh, man, this Jokic guy, he's a unicorn. He's unbelievable. Are you – like? you should have watched him all season long. This is what he's been doing. This is why I felt it was a travesty that he did not win the MVP this year. And it is, uh, for, for the voters out there that didn't vote for him because they did not feel that he was worthy, not that he wasn't deserving of winning the MVP, but he was not worthy of winning it for a third time and being placed in that category that we know only three other men in the history of the world has won the MVP three times. So shame on those voters that decided not to vote for him because of that. Because what what you are seeing right now in this postseason is what you got from Jokic all season long. So to me, again, and I, I will, I, I'm not always right, but when I am, I like to toot my own horn. And I said, Denver in five. And sure enough, now they are one win away, Monday night, of sealing that deal teams that are three and one in a seven game series are 35 and one in winning that series. And the Denver Nuggets only lost one game at home this postseason. Of course, that was game two to the Miami heat and they were one three point shot away from tying it to send it into overtime. It's not like they got absolutely destroyed. So, uh so again last night Denver they win 108 to 95 so again they're up 3-1 in this series. Aaron Gordon as much as, you know, I'm sitting here talking about Jokic 23 12 only four assists last night. Aaron Gordon really was the story here. 27 points, uh seven rebounds, six assists. 27 points for Aaron Gordon. Big reason why he's been so uh such such an important part of of this series is his defense and the way that he's been able to play defense. Um Especially against Jimmy Butler, who, by the way, I still, I don't believe is 100%. Jimmy Butler's point total yet again, the under hit yet again, by the way. So I've uh, been playing the Jimmy Butler under point total. And it's been averaging 25 and a half, 26 and a half. I want to say it opened up game one was 28 or 27 and a half. So the under keeps on hitting there. Bam, to me, has been uh, really the, the most consistent player here for the Miami Heat. 25 points, 11 rebounds. So his double, double hit last night. Uh, Gabe Vincent uh max 0 for 0 for 4 from downtown 0 for 3 from downtown um and so you know the the supporting cast for the Miami Heat just has not been able to deliver and they just don't have the depth they don't have the depth or the talent the size the athleticism the physicality that the Denver Nuggets bring to the table night in and night out So Denver shot 49% from the field, the Heat 44, 50% from three for the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat 32%. To me, big factor as to why they lost. Uh, Rebounding, pretty eye for eye, 34 rebounds for the Denver Nuggets, 37 rebounds for the Miami Heat, six turnovers, only six turnovers for the Denver Nuggets, 14 turnovers For the Miami Heat, which, by the way, goes back to my, if you watch me on Daily Wager last night, shameless plug, not so shameless, I will say it time and time again, Monday through Friday, we love as many people to watch as possible, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Christian, don't call me Braun Brown. My best bet was for him to have one steal. In his last two games prior to last night, he had a total of four. He's come in, he's played significant minutes because Michael Porter Jr. has been struggling, and he struggled last night. I thought Christian was going to get more more minutes. He did not hold on. Let me, I just want to see how many minutes he played because I I think this is, he only played fifth. Well, only 15 minutes. It's pretty significant for somebody coming off the bench. You know, I, 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 thought, I thought based on what we saw, how we saw him play in the previous two games and how he was able to contribute on the defensive side of the ball, the last two games, I thought he would play at least 20 minutes. He did not. He played 15. He only scored one point, but my best bet was for him to have a steal and sure enough, he did. <laughs> so my best bet won last night, which is great. Murray, 15 uh, points, 12 assists. Uh, he was 2 of 3 from downtown. And also a big storyline was Bruce Brown. Played 30 minutes, put up 21 points, was 3 of 5. From downtown. So, as I said, this Denver Nuggets team now they're three and one in the finals. Uh, Teams that are three and one in a seven game series uh, end up winning that series 35 and one, and they've only lost one game at home. So, it's looking more and more like my prediction, not that I have a crystal ball, uh, but my prediction of the Denver Nuggets in five is going to materialize, which uh, hopefully is going to win me and a number of you out there a ton of money. If you listen to my shows and of course you watch me on daily wager. All right. Uh, quick break. Thank you. We come back. We'll open to the full lines. 800-919-3776. Uh, let, let's talk about what's going on with the Yankees and the Mets. Um, I, I would imagine that uh, both fan bases are not feeling, uh, are not feeling their teams right now. Uh, and is, is, is this the time to panic is now the time to push the panic button for the Yankees. Uh, I think we need to have that discussion. We'll open up the full lines. You want to talk about the game last night, Denver and Miami. Uh, you want to talk about the Yankees, the Mets. Let's do it now. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. Uh, we'll be getting you ready for Belmont as well tonight, t- today at 1030. Vince Roth from Final Furlong is going to be joining us. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get you locked and loaded. What you what bet you want to put in, what bet you need to put in. Um, to get you ready for the Belmont. That post time, by the way, is 6.50 p.m. Eastern time. So, uh, and if you are heading out to the Belmont, call me. Uh, I'd like to know, what are you going to be wearing to the Belmont? (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Keep in mind, this is a Miami Heat team. They came in as the eighth seed. They had to play the play-in game. They lost their first play-in game, so they had to play two play-in games to get in. And then, and then just a monumental run through the Bucks, through the Knicks, through the Heat, I mean, uh, through the uh, the Boston Celtics, and then now here having to travel back and forth to Denver and, and dealing with that that altitude as well. It's just it's just a monumental task, and if, if if they are to to come back and, and win this, which I'm not expecting them to do, and Jimmy Butler not a hundred percent. There's obviously something wrong with his ankle. He's not getting uh, the uh, the lift that he needs, um, and um, I, I just i I think I think this is the end of the line for a Miami heat team who has to be extremely extremely proud of their season this year. It's just really, really unbelievable what, what they've been able to accomplish. That's for sure eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six again, Anita marks in uh we're Dan Gross and I switching time. Uh, for our shows today, because I'm going to be heading out to the Belmont. Just FYI, so 800. But Dan Gross will be coming your way at high noon. 800 3776 The phone number. Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Sharif in the car. Sharif, welcome in. Good morning.
5: Hi. Good morning. Um, and just a few things. Um, one, I'm happy that Miami's going to lose because I'd rather have them lose than uh, you know. Then I feel like okay, if they lost, then the Knicks lost is fine. And I I, I I I love Denver. Um, Two. Two of the, the, the easiest offensive packages, pick and roll and handoffs. There's 32 teams in the NBA, 31 teams don't do it. And if the Knicks did pick and roll, they probably would have had a better chance of being Miami. And this is a true uh, way of saying David and Goliath. Miami doesn't hit no threes. They don't have a chance to win because they don't have enough talent.
1: Um, yeah. And, and listen, I, I love Sharif and thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. it. says your your line says Denver plays beautiful basketball. They do. They do play beautiful basketball. It's just again, I just I don't think a lot of people on the East Coast have been watching them all season. And I understandably so. Right. Like basketball is played on school nights. Like you've got to go to bed. you got to wake up early. Like you've got stuff to do. You've got kids. You've got dogs. You've got a job. I get it. But also, when you do watch it, a lot of people find their form of basketball boring. I don't. I think it's, I'm, I'm with you. I think it is beautiful. A lot of people think Jokic is boring. I think he's a unicorn. I think he's been kissed by God. Boy, is that man special. Let's go to Manny in Flushing. Manny, you're up.
5: Hey, hey, good morning, Anita. How you doing? Great. Good, good, good to hear. Um, have fun at the Belmont Stakes. Uh, when well, people said he, um, he said Yoki's is furred, um, um is forward. I'll ask them this: Do you remember Tim Duncan? He was born, but yeah, he was fought, yeah, he ended up being the greatest pop forward ever. I would just say this about Yoki's: I mean, Yoki's to me is a combination of Avedis Avanos and Will Chamberlain. The reason I said that because like uh, like Will, I mean Will, I mean you think about these guys; they were great passers. And Wilt led the league in the season one year. I think it was in 68. And Jokic could have led the league in the season if he wanted to, but I think he's most of the I also agree that he should have won his third straight MVP. No disrespect to Joe Embiid because uh, I think Jokic has to package outside of this, um, except the defense. But I'd like say this about Jamal Murray because Jamal Murray to me, he's, uh, I never. I mean, three years ago, he took the he took the lead by talking about like had like fifty points a bunch of games. I think mean, you, you think about it. The last two years, we didn't see him because he was hurt, like ACL. And then he came back. He came up with 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 redemption and a vengeance, and he's going to end up wearing a wing. I mean, if we were talking about redemption story, he should, his name should he is, his story should be mentioned.
1: I hear you. I hear you, Manny. Um, let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, you're up.
6: Good morning, Anita. Thank you for taking my call. Um, just wanted to talk about the NBA Finals and how it's been shaping up. It's it it's been shaping up uh, to be a decent series, but entertaining for me at least. But it, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull up uh, at least a uh, upset in Game Five to push it to six. But I'm not. I'm not um su- suggesting that Miami is gonna come back and win-, win it. And to answer some of that question, um, as a as a Nick fan, as a Nick fan, I'm kind of conflicted because I want to root for Jimmy Butler because I think he's just been a phenomenal player. And to me, in my mind, if he were to somehow pull this off, like to me, it's like watching. Somehow, I know this is blasphemy for you, but it, it would be watching like MJ do it without Scottie Pippen essentially because this Miami team they don't really have a secondary star to really combat that. They have a they have a lot of great names, but they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have that. I don't know, I, I,
1: I, Jose. I would beg to differ in regard to Bam. I, in in fact, I, I said this on Daily Wager the other night. If you are a true believer that the Miami Heat, and, and this is when the series was was uh, 2-1, right? Um, and I said, if you are a true believer that Miami Heat is going to win game four, um, and there's a chance, you feel that there's a chance that Miami Heat's going to win the series, um, Bam Adebayo was, at that point in time, 20-1. to 20-1 to win the MVP. And, and so at that point in time, I felt like you're, you were seeing a lot more consistency from Bam. He was he's he's pretty much he's averaging a double double and not that anybody can stop Jokic. Let's be honest. OK, but um, but I just feel like Bam has been that the most consistent factor uh, in this series. So at 20 to one, I told people again, that's those those who may have believed, OK, that that uh, that. The, the Miami Heat was was going to win this series, so um, that would not be me. <laughs> so, um, so, but I, I I beg to differ. I, I think I think Bam has really stepped up in a big way, especially in this series. Uh, Kenny, I see you. Hang tight. When we get back, let's let's talk about the Yankees and the Mets. I want to tee that up for you because um, Yankee fans without Aaron Judge, uh, this team is reeling. And I'll, I'll, I'll share some statistics with you when we get back and we can really dive into that next, okay? Anita Marks with you on this uh, Saturday, Belmont Stakes Saturday morning, right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
4: He's a lot of power and he seems to, to be able to backspin the ball well. So he gets a good carry on the pitch. You know, I didn't really expect him to be, to be looking for a changeup after he hit the last one pretty well. You know, I've had times where I've switched pitches. He's been on him. I've had times where I've stayed stubborn. He's been on him. I mean, you know, they paid him $300 million for a reason. He's a good player, man. He's just a good player, and I haven't come across any other player quite like him. So,
1: Garrett Cole gets his first loss of the season against that Yankee that Yankee killer. <laughs> Gave up two runs, seven hits. Joe, you okay? You, 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 you still okay after we played that, that cut?
3: Listen, some guys just have people's numbers. Devers <laughs> is the one that has Cole's number. I, it happens. I mean, he is this generation's version for the Red Sox of Big Poppy. It's just that's what it is. He, he is the thorn in the Yankees' side, and he will be until the end of his career.
1: So the Yankees lose to the Red Sox 3-2. Uh, Volpe with an opportunity to uh, to tie it up possibly win um, in, in the ninth, but could not deliver. He's ten for sixty-seven. Okay, I know not great. Herman on the bump later on tonight, three and three with a three-six-nine ERA. So where do the Yankees stand right now? The Rays are 47 and 19. Uh, the O's are 39 and 24. The Yankees nine and a half games back to the Rays. Toronto 10 and a half games back and the Red Sox 14 games back. So let's have the conversation in regard to what's going on with the Yankees. And ever since Aaron Judge was placed on the IL due to that toe injury, spectacular catch, you know, breaks through the fence but unfortunately uh, stubs his toe and so now is on IL. So since he has been off the grid, uh, this is a Yankees team that has gone 2-3. and In those three losses, they've lost by one run all of the three they've only lost by one run but here's the thing Um, this is a Yankees team this season they're averaging 4.6 runs per game 4.6 runs per game without judge they're 3.4 that was a very dramatic silent pause for you to marinate in that for a minute how about that is 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 Judge worth every dime? Right now, he certainly is. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, twenty years from now when that contract expires. I'm kidding, kidding. Um, but four point six runs per game with Judge in the lineup, three point four runs per game without. Um, it's significant. Stanton and Donaldson, uh, they're they're still getting their timing straight from being out for so long. Uh, DJ, get this, DJ, 3 of 17 with 7 strikeouts. Rizzo, 0 for 19. He's been hitless in 16 at bats. These two dudes are not producing. So I guess it, it, it wouldn't be so, uh, I don't want to use the word significant, but it's such a, a glaring um, difference with Judge in and out if at least DJ and and, and Rizzo would deliver, but they're just not. DJ, in fact, he's batting 239 this season, and what's even more upsetting is that he's got a 27% strikeout rate. The average in Major League Baseball is 21. He's got a 27% strikeout rate. And I guess my question is, at 34 years old, are are we looking at his contract runs through 2026? Are we looking at somebody who's potentially, possibly washed up Eight hundred nine let's go to kenny in dobbs ferry kenny welcome in
2: All Right, anita and it's uh it's really an unbelievable thing to be on your show that judge catch was pretty close to herman munster territory when the wall he almost knocked the wall down but before i get to the action i just want to say something about that canadian smoke uh, wildfires the, the canadians have to build Bigger fire breaks. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see a a, a a video or a picture of what their fire breaks look like. They can't be much. They got to. You got to make them gigantic now. It's all woodlands up there, and uh, you know you could knock out a, a whole city with that smoke. It's ridiculous. Uh, okay, with the Yanks, let's face it. Um, I always said, team with the most good players and very good players on the roster will get to the playoffs. That's how you grind through the season. Every team is going to suffer injuries. We know it's not going to be equal. But the thing is, you want to have a lot of good players in your roster. The Yankees do have that. The thing is, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, the Yankee pitching. I, I just don't see – I mean, even Cole has not really been consistent. Uh, is there a pitcher in Major League Baseball today who could just throw his glove on the mound and the game is over? I, I don't think so right now. But you want to have a consistent pitching staff with that bullpen because that's how you're going to win this thing – Let's face it, you got three playoff positions open to you two wild cards and a, and a division title, if they can get there, Uh, then that's, I I see you could limp into the playoffs. So you could backdoor into the playoffs, just get in there, make sure you have as many good players you can, and you could do some damage. And let me just finish up with this, with the lift golf and the PGA and everything. And people are all wondering why, how could this possibly happen? The PGA was saying uh, a year ago that we would never, you know, be involved with lift and this and that. Now all of a sudden they're going to take their money. People have to realize whenever it comes down to anything, the American establishment will always side with their business partners.
1: Um, When we come back, I do want to talk about what happened with, with the PGA tour in, in live. Um, So uh, Jay Monahan is the uh, Monahan is, is, is the commissioner of the, uh, the PGA tour as we know. And and again, I don't want to spend too much time on, you know, what happened Uh, last year, right? But what we do do know is Live was created. Greg Norman oversaw it. Yes, it's Saudi-owned and operated. They offered a ton of money to a number of players to leave. They offered Tiger Woods $900 million to leave the PGA Tour to come. Of course, he turned it down. Rory turned it down. There were a number of players. So now, as we know, we had two different leagues, the Live League and the PGA Tour League. The Live League and its players um, have a number of lawsuits that are out against the PGA Tour because the PGA Tour then said, if you left us and you're playing for Live, you can't participate in PGA Tour events. It's one or the other. And so there were all these lawsuits that were out there. Okay? And also, you might not be aware of this, but the PGA Tour is a non-for-profit. So there is some talk and speculation. So this week, right, news breaks on Tuesday, huge news breaks on Tuesday that the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and Live slash PIF, okay, um, are going to unify. There's still a lot of, what does that mean? There's still a lot of questions out there. I, I mean, this is, let me tell you something. If ever there's, this was, there's an onion, this is it with a lot of layers. What does this mean? Uh, The players that were paid money to leave the PGA Tour to go to live, are they still going to get that money? Do they have to pay anything back? What about the players like uh, Willie Zalatoris, who turned down $130 million and he stayed committed to the PGA Tour. Now he had to have back surgery, never knowing if he's going to play the caliber golf that we saw him play at the start of his career. What happens with him? Does he get some type of compensation? How is this all going to work? How is it all going to come together? Rory came out this week and said that he felt like he was a sacrificial lamb for the PGA Tour. Rory, Tiger Woods, a number of these guys said that they were, they were mushrooms. They were kept in the dark. Had no idea that this was happening until early Tuesday morning they were not part of these conversations these players who turned down millions and millions and millions of dollars to stay committed to the PGA tour just got absolutely screwed do they i spoke to a civil attorney this week they have a they have a a, a clear path of suing the PGA tour for this so there're still so many question marks here um there's, uh, there's still a lot that still has not been reported. Keep in mind, you've got Tiger and Rory who started their own little side, uh, kind of like this, this, this league, this primetime league that we're going to be able to start watching soon. There's a lot happening here. There's still a lot of questions. There's very few answers. But Jimmy Hanlon, um, who is a PGA Tour professional, and has his own radio shows, TV and radio. He works out of Cleveland. Was kind enough to have a conversation with me about it. Uh, Somebody who's got this close to the vest, who knows this extremely well. I'm going to play that interview for you when we get back, okay? Uh, So stay tuned for that. I, I, I do, I think it's important. This is really, really, this is one of the biggest news stories this week in sport. And I think it's really important that we all get a little bit more familiar and a little bit more educated on where this stands right now and where this is headed. We'll do that next, right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: All right, Jimmy, let's, let's dive right into it. Um, you know, how, how shocked were you when the news broke on Tuesday that the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and Live... Um, and, and and I'd love for you to kind of explain what PIF is as well, because everything is so convoluted. Uh, how shocked were you when you heard the news on Tuesday that that everything was unified?
4: So I was shocked that everything was unified, for sure. I really have thought for a while that something was going to happen. I just I just knew that, like in, in the thing, you know, I started to hear Tiger and Rory not not, you know, really chirping as much as they had been before didn't seem as angry you saw the players on the range at the majors there's obviously no hard feelings against brooks kepka and dj i mean they're all still buddies and i think these guys know that they you know from a history standpoint you want to beat the best players in the world right you just do when you you're a major champion you you don't want an asterisk bite that says "Oh, you know he won a major you know in 2024 but you know Ten of the best twenty players in the world weren't there because this live tour—it was like the AFL-NFL split, you know, kind of a thing. So, I think that you know, I knew something was coming. I didn't see this, right? I didn't see this almost betrayal by Jay Monahan um, to his players and without really running it by them. I'm I'm really shocked, Anita, at how the structure of the PGA Tour works and how Jay Monahan can make a decision like this without have any approval from his players board. I, I just, it shocked me. Like, I don't know how it can happen. And so, you know, it, it really was a surprise to me that the way that it went down and it was also a surprise to me that like how many questions are still out there. Like I thought if it ever did happen, they would just lay it down. Here's the book. This is how it's going to work for Phil Mickelson to come back and play on a PGA tour. He has to do this. And for this, to ha- like I thought it would, all those answers would be, right in front of us as soon as they made the announcement. And, and I honestly don't even know if they know yet. I, I really don't. I don't think that they have all the answers yet. I think that maybe this story was getting ready to get leaked. And so they had to come out and make the announcement. Um, I, I just, it, it was very shocking to me how it all happened and went down.
1: So Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA tour, came out and said, um, this would never happen. This would <laughs> never happen. Uh, there's a lot of people out there feel that the reason and and how quickly that this all manifested, and and again you alluded to the fact that a lot of these PGA Tour players had no idea. A lot of them learned on social media. They were not informed. Uh, they had no say in this. Is 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 the is the legal issues uh, apparently? Live and the live players suing the the, the PGA Tour. Uh, the appeal uh, was was denied in regard to, you know, the legal issues going away. And the fact that a lot of people aren't aware of this, that the PGA tour is a nonprofit and they don't want their books open. And so there's a number of people out there, uh, who feel like this was the PGA tour acquiescing to uh, live and, and PIF, uh, because they don't want the government looking at their books. What are your thoughts on that? Jimmy? Well,
4: I mean, I, I, you know, I think being a nonprofit, I mean, I've seen some information on the PGA tour. I mean, I can tell you Jay Monahan makes like $8 million a year. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Kevin Kistner are all board members and have positions on the PGA tour board and they make millions, right? They make millions and that's how they're a nonprofit is for them to be able, you know, they make, they pay those people that kind of money. I think Jordan Spieth the second highest player uh, paid person behind Jay Monahan because he's the, player development person or something like that. He makes, I think it's almost $7 million. I mean, It's incredible. It's a ton of money, right? Um, I really don't know. I don't know if that's the reason. I actually think that a lot of people do kind of know the, the finances of um, the PGA Tour. I, I just honestly think it's just money, right? I mean, you hate to say it in this world, but there is a number for almost everybody in anything, and they, they had enough to, to hit that number. Um, I also don't know. I think the PGA tour may have been somewhat afraid that, you know, can you, could they financially fight, um, you know, this fight the Saudis here? I mean, they had enough money and enough attorneys and they may be losing right now, but eventually, um, you know, they're going to get some wins and you know, how long can the PGA tour sustain this type of, you know, this fight for how long and and, and what's, what's going to come of it when it's all done. Um, I, I think that's part of it too. And, and uh you know, I, I don't know that it was done for the right reasons. I, I think that a lot of players are actually relieved, though, from the fact that just listen, we just all want to play together and we want to play on tour. It's going to be really interesting to see where the money goes from here. Phil Mickelson's been paid a, a hundred million. He's owed thirty-three point three million a year over the next three years. Is he still going to get that money? Um, is to, to you know the guys that turned it down like Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, and all these guys, Colin Marikawa, um, are they going to get any money? You know, or, are they going to be able to do it? And, and how do they merge, right? I mean, when they do this merger, you know, is there going to be Team Golf? If there is Team Golf, you know, how do they how do they fit it within the tour schedule? Are, is there, are they going to stay two separate tours for a while? Or, or in 2024, is it going to be all one tour and is it going to work together? Greg Norman seems to think that they're going to stay separate, right? And if they stay separate, can PGA Tour guys now go over and play live? You know, I, I don't really know how they're going to do all this because it's really, by their words, not really a merger, right? It's almost like, you know, the PIF group is just really financing the PGA Tour right now, and they kind of own both. and and, and uh, But the Tour has a lot of say in, in how this is going to be structured because they have more board seats than they do. So um, the, the, the reality is they just said, here, here's a bunch of money and let's figure it all out. I, that's how I look at it. I really do. I think they, they said, hey, here's $2 billion. Um This is what we're going to use to to figure this all out and put ourselves in a position where, where we're involved in golf in every way. And, and I don't know if they haven't figured out beyond that at this point right now. Uh,
1: yeah, PIF, uh, that's the, the Saudi group, uh, yep. Yazir, yep. 60, six, $600 billion. So it's $2 <laughs> billion of six hundred. Uh, you yeah. know, I, here's the thing, though, Jimmy, I, I disagree with you. Jimmy Hanlon, again, uh, joining us here to discuss uh, all that went down this week in regard to the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and Live and the PIF. Um, you know, Rory coming out and saying, I feel like a sacrificial lamb. I, I spoke to a civil attorney who said, boy, every single one of these PGA Tour players who turned down the Live offer um, has has a case. Can turn around and sue the PGA Tour, like I'm, and and I'm hearing that this is not. They are not going to go silently in the night. So you know, again, there's so many, there's so many, like 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 Willie Zalatoris, for example, who turned down 130 million dollars to leave to go play on on Live. Now had back surgery this year, and we don't know how how good will he ever be again. We don't know. Right. There's questions there, right? Like, will he ever be in a situation where he can make 130 million dollars again, uh, just by signing, putting his his John Hancock on a piece of paper? Um, I, I, I think I think this is going to get really ugly, based on the conversations I've had. You you seem to think like this is all going to work out, and um, and and the players are going to be happy with this. And I just the conversations I've had are are quite frightening.
4: Well, no, and I agree with you. I think there's the ability to get out there and sue and do the thing. This is the way I look at it. You know, I'll be honest with you. From from a person that's not getting any money from any of them, this is what I look at it. Every one of those players had this opportunity put in front of them by Greg Norman and Liv. Or not everyone, but everyone that was worth the money had an opportunity. Okay, let's say Will's out to He had an mm-hmm. opportunity to make the $130 million. To me, it would be like, Anita, I walked up to you, and I'm a stockbroker, and I said, here's the deal. I have this company. And I think you should get involved with us. And, uh, you know, the stock's a, a penny right now, but I'm telling you it's going to be the biggest thing in the world. We're going to invent this cure for some kind of disease. And, if, and I said, yeah, you know what, Anita, I, I looked at your president and I looked at your company, and I don't really like the people involved. And I don't really – it's not for me, I don't think, so I'm going to pass. And then two months later – that company blows up and buys all the other companies, and they find this cure for this disease. And now the company, that penny stock, is worth you know, $2,000 a share now. Well, I had an opportunity to do that. I took all the information in, as did Rory and Tiger and Wells Outdoors, and I decided not to go there. Well, guess what? It was a bad investment on my part. That's how I look at it, to be honest with you. And here's the same thing with Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan told him not to go. But they didn't have to listen. They're independent. They've been preaching independent contractors forever. We're independent contractors. We can do whatever we want, right? So they didn't have to listen. They listened to Jay Monahan. He was the bad stockbroker that gave him bad advice, right? That's how I look at it. I think they all had the choice. We all have choices in this country, right? They all had the choice to go one way or the other. And now a lot of them, if they're looking at it and going, oh, man, I got screwed out of that money because I should have went and Jay Monahan told me not to, so I didn't. Well, you didn't have to listen to him. You know, he's not, he, he doesn't get to make those decisions for you. You get to make them for yourself and, and you made them. That's personally how I look at it right now. And I, to me, I think, Hey, listen, if you didn't make the decision, take the money, you shouldn't get it. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it is, but there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with so, me on, uh, so, on that level. And, you know, that's how I
6: see it.
1: So, so uh, re- really quick, just to summarize, just, just to sum this up, how does, how does Jay survive another day? He, he uh, doesn't, right? Who who is the sacrificial lamb? Like I can't I can't see him continue to be the commissioner of, of the PGA Tour after this.
4: You know I mean the only thing that could save him is if you know if the head of the PIF and the, you know which they they do have the guy that's going to be the CEO. I'm sorry I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but you know if he has the controlling power to keep Jay around, and if Jay did not make that deal behind closed doors before this happened, he had to be crazy. Did he, did he think that this was all just going to get? blown over and go away and he was going to keep his position there's no way he thinks that you know i I think you know i think there's got to be some kind of uh you know a backdoor deal where where he's like hey you can't get rid of me right i mean or or he's going to take a huge payout and his grandkids grandkids will never have to work again you know one of those two things because why i mean why would jay monahan fall on the sword right for the saudis to take over the tour i mean he he's a smarter guy than that he knows for a fact that this this was going to come back on him in a really bad way so he's got something some kind of protection there or he's got some kind of financial offer that if he does leave that that he's going to be able to walk away and go sit on his boat and play golf and do whatever he wants to do if not he deserves to to lose it because he, he's just not a very smart gentleman gentleman
1: Jimmy, this whole thing is is fascinating to me. And and we so appreciate your time Um, just just discussing it and and having your insight. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much.
4: Yep. Thanks, Anita. Have a good one.
1: All right. I want to thank Jimmy Hanlon again for joining us here. So uh, still a lot more coming your way right here on 90.7 ESPN.